Rosewood has always been, you know, that luxury company that particularly in the last, you know, five years or more has led the way for luxuries. We have a lot of very regular guests, some that have stayed over 500 times. And I'm not talking one or two, I'm talking, you know, several. You know, I've been in the industry since 95. Hello, my name is Renee Leith-Manos. Welcome to this podcast, Where To From Here? Featuring conversations about luxury travel and how it's changing in every pocket of the globe. Congratulations on your new role. The whole industry is talking about it. But, you know, my first question has to be, why do you think it's taken 90 years for a woman to be at the helm of that incredible hotel, the Carlisle, in New York? Um, Well, I don't think, Renee, it's a reflection just of the Carlisle. I think, you know, in many hotels, luxury hotels around the world, we still, women still are a fairly small percentage. And so I think, you know, the Carlisle is, is another luxury hotel that has had a very storied 92 career, 92 year uh, existence. And, you know, is not dissimilar to other hotels around the world. I think it's just that owners and operators are thinking more clearly now about, you know, women being leaders in luxury. And I just happen to be in the right place at the right time. Absolutely. And look, for for our viewers who haven't been there, I stayed at the Carlisle so many years ago, I can't even remember. Talk to us about the hotel. Right. It's interesting because before I started, and I've been here three and a half months now, it feels like I've been here so much longer, um, everybody that I spoke to, from the doorman to the bellman to stewards, whatever, said, this is a very special place, Marlene. And I said, I understand the history and um, you know, the just who stays here and Cafe Carlisle and Bemelman's and they said, no, you will understand how special this is. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, you know, I've, uh, I understand, but I always sort of think every place I go to is always special in the culture, but they are right. Um, it seems to me that our guests, and we have a lot of very regular guests, some that have stayed over 500 times, and I'm not talking one or two, I'm talking, you know, several. Um, quite often you look at the arrivals list and, you know, half the people have stayed here more than 100 times. But then again, we also have a new crowd now as well coming in, first-time guests. And although the hotel is you know, also has residences and has had a couple of changes over the 92 years. The first major renovation was, you know, over the last few years where a lot of the rooms were done and most of our rooms were done. But to talk to guests, and I spoke to a guest in the lobby on my fourth week, and he said, I wanted to meet you because I heard, you know, you and you and a woman. And he said, I've been staying here. And Australian. And Australian. <laughs> I know. And Australian, which is really, you know, my hotel manager is Australian, my F&B director is Australian, and then I come in as managing director as Australian, which in New York is not unusual. There's so many of us around. 
But this man said, I've been coming here for 72 years. And I looked at him and I thought, my goodness, you don't even look 72. And he said, I'm 75. My grandfather brought me here. And he said, I've brought my children here. So he was staying and he said to me, I've never stayed anywhere else in New York in 72 years. And I went, my goodness gracious. And he said, it's just like when I go to London, I've never stayed anywhere else but Claridge's through all the different changes. And he said, and now my children are coming. And he said, you know, I'll bring my grandchildren one day. So our guests and our, our long-stay guests in particular are as vested in this hotel as we are. It's, it's like the community of the Carlisle is not just us, the people here, the 300 of us that operate it. It's also our guests. And, you know, they'll say, well, there might be, you know, a, 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 something that's not quite perfect, but they love it, whether it's perfect or not, you know, because we all have days that are not perfect, but they are so vested in what this hotel means to them. You know, and we had people that sent money to our team during COVID because they wanted to make sure that everybody was okay. I mean, that's that's the sort of place it is. And I've read that you are really into mentors and mentoring other people. Have you personally had a number of mentors who have seen you mm. into the position you're in today? I have. Look, I, you know, I, I thank my first... Um, I guess, area general manager, who was also my general manager at Park Heights, Sydney, Willie Martin. You know, he really was my inspiration and allowed me to learn the business while I was on the job as a director of sales and marketing. He encouraged me to go as far as I wanted to go in the business. And he was such a humble leader. He taught me so much about uh, the hotel business, about hospitality. Um, so he he remained a mentor of mine for many years. And the second one who I think taught me luxury sales and marketing in hotels because I had been in the travel business for so long is a gentleman called Richard White. And Richard was the head of global sales for Hyatt at the time. And then I've had, you know, personal mentors that, you know, when I probably... 10, 12 years ago when I started to wonder, do I keep pushing? Is this enough? Um, is there more? Uh, a personal mentor, a gentleman uh, in New Zealand who is very successful in his own business. And he said to me, you know, you have to continue to dream big, you know, and, and I always have. But sometimes people have always said to me, you're just a dreamer and you have to become a realist. And he said to me, don't you dare listen to those wow. people or, or to those voices in your head. Um, he said, dream big and think 30 years, you know. And at that time, he was in his late 70s. And I said, do you have a 30-year plan? <laughs> and he said, I do. He said, I may not be here for it. But he said, you, you know, you have to have a long-term plan because if your plans are too short-term, it will stop you looking at, opportunities that may come your way that you perhaps didn't think about 
Absolutely. And look, your background was in sales and marketing, and then you've had a very solid, I think, is it 14 years or something as general manager and now managing director of hotels. When did the point in your career come when you realised, perhaps as a woman or perhaps being a woman's irrelevant, that you could go and become a general manager and that could be your future? I think it came when in the early 2000s, I was director of hotel sales Asia Pacific for Hyatt and I was based in Hong Kong and my role was to oversee setting up new global sales offices worldwide sales offices but also to assist in opening hotels. And then when did the Carlisle um, you know become an opportunity for you when did it become clear that that was an option? Um, It was late last year when I had a first conversation with them when somebody called me from Rosewood and uh, it was at a time I wasn't looking to move. I was very happy in my role as general manager at the Conrad downtown and Hilton, you know, had been very good to me as a company. You were there for about 11 or 12 years, weren't you, with Conrad? um, Yeah, 11 and a half years with Hilton. Started with them in Queenstown, New Zealand, actually. But it was my husband and I, it was at a time when we decided that we wanted to stay in New York. We didn't want to move again. Um, he's retired and he's enjoying golf and the lifestyle here. This is where I have wanted to live since I was 10 years old. Uh, I said I wanted to live and work in New York before I died. And I think that, you know, after my husband and I had done a big road trip during COVID around America, three weeks, 7,000 miles, we also came to the conclusion that we love the country, but New York is a place that we'd really like to live. Um, so that's, you know, the consideration to be able to stay here and not move again was important wow. to us as well. And, you know, Rosewood has always been, you know, that luxury company that particularly in the last, you know, five years or more has led the way for luxury. So, you know, the opportunity to, to run you know, one of the the most iconic hotels in New York and also for Rosewood was was appealing. Wow. And tell me what sitting there in New York, what is is the future of luxury travel? What do you see changing? And what are people mm. looking for now that perhaps they weren't looking for a few years ago? I think there's going to be more private jets just because of the airports at the moment <laughs> and how crazy travel is. Um I I honestly believe that luxury travel is still going to be more and more focused on the experience. I think what's in the room and the hardware and the hotel is very important and so is a sense of place. But, you know, just now as sustainability and being able to reduce our footprint, you know, you can't say you're luxury. So, you know, that doesn't apply. I mean, we really... It applies. It's important to the people that we work with. It should be important to all of us as individuals. And I've certainly noticed that it's more and more important to our guests, even if they're luxury and they're paying, you know, many more dollars for a room that others are. We have to be responsible. You know, we have to look at what we're using and look at more locally sourced and produced products and single-use plastics just should be a thing of the past we shouldn't even talk about it and also just a sense of wellness and whether it be a spa or if a hotel has a spa but even so if it's not that it's it's the menus it's the food it's what we offer Uh, people are very mindful of that these days 
they are. And look, what is happening in New York? Do you see that it's really shifted in the last few years? Are people still partying to have the same joie de vivre? What are you seeing? It's coming back. I mean, it's certainly, gosh, I was at the theatre on Saturday night uh, with a friend who was in from Australia, actually. And when we came out of the show, or even before we went into the show, we went and had an early dinner and she said, oh, my goodness, you know, Times Square is just jam-packed. And when we came out of the show after 10.15, I've never seen it so busy, never. Uh, and it was a mix of domestic and international tourists, um, I think more domestic at the moment. However, you know, New York is back. The, there's new restaurants and bars opening again. And, Marlene, how have you kept your accent? Your full Australian accent's still there. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I have ensured over the years that I never lose my accent. Um, you know, I was working in China for quite yeah. some time in Asia and it's pretty easy to keep your accent there because there are so many Australians in wow. Asia. And here we moved here in 2015 when we moved to Chicago. Number one, um, I don't want to lose my identity. I'm proud to be Australian. Number two, it's very popular accent over here. Mm. <laughs> Americans love Australians. Um, everybody, actually, when you travel around the world on business, you know, loves the accent. It's, it's, it's probably not as broad as it used to be, um, just from living offshore. And sometimes, you know, if I'm ordering coffee or something in the shop and they don't understand me, I have to put an American accent on so I can get what I want. But <laughs> apart from that, I, I do work. And, you know, the good thing is now I work with another two Aussies. And how about uh, you? Yeah. Where, where do you travel and do you look for luxury to see, to keep in touch with the industry? I do. Uh, I certainly do. I mean, I'm fortunate that I still need to try my sister hotels in Rosewood. So, so now I have um, more hotels to, um, to try. So I do love to go and look at other luxury hotels. And, but when I'm not going to cities, um, and I really am a, a city person, a city dweller, I love the outdoors. And so our next holiday, my husband and I, is a driving holiday, which we tend to do a bit of in America, uh, or we did during COVID, but we're driving down to Charleston, South oh. Carolina, and to Asheville in uh, North Carolina on the way back. And obviously we're trying, we're, we're real foodies, so we were already looking at booking some of the restaurants that we want. We're taking our dog, packing him into the car and, and off we go. So yeah. 100% I'd be doing the same thing. But look, it's mm. wonderful to speak with you. I was just so excited when I got that press release that you were in the job. It's just fantastic. I hope to get to New York at some stage and meet you. But before Oh, you have to come. Yeah, before we go, I would just love to ask you where to from here for you, Marlene? Where to from here for me is uh, we're working on a lot of projects here in the hotel during summer. July and August is busy but not as crazy as it is from September through to December. So where to from here in the next two months is we're working very hard on some projects that we just want to ensure uh, we are ready for the busy season again. And for me... I just want to enjoy 
the Carlisle and what it is. I some days um, still go, how did I get here from Perth? And I don't want to lose that uh, that spark that I have still about being in New York and being inquisitive. And so for me, it's it's just re-energised me about New York and re-energised me about my career. And for me at this stage in my career, you know, I'm sort of at in the, in the fourth quarter, not the, the first quarter, is to really just help young people ensure that they they do what they want to do and I give them the opportunity or the advice to to just not give up and to keep moving. I mean, I'm at a stage in my career now where it makes me happy to see other people succeed um, because I'm not, you know, sort of still in there trying to, to clamber my up my way up as well you're there you're on the mountain (laughs) I wouldn't say I've made it but I just want to make sure that enough people know and particularly young women uh, this industry this industry you know has always struggled to have women in senior leadership positions and you know I've been in the industry since 95 and it's only been in the last five years, which is pretty sad indictment actually, that I really think women now are at the forefront. But I'm not going to be complacent about that because I've thought that before and then things have fallen by the wayside. So for me, where to from here is to make sure I can put forward as many women as I can and, and men, of course, yeah. but I think women need Women need the help, particularly if they want to have a family as well. So just restructuring how we do things, how we do things at work, you know, to allow them to have more freedom in those years that they are bringing bringing up children and they can still work part-time. Not a thing that we've been good at in the hospitality industry. So that's my concentration. It's it's interesting that you say that because a number of the GMs um, that I've interviewed and often they haven't wanted us to put this to air, but they have expressed the same thing in their men about the fact some of them have young children now and they've said you know it's really difficult because I want to be you know present for my children I want to be present for my work but I can't do that working seven days a week and you know 15 hour days so I think it is something that the industry needs to address across the board which is wonderful that you're you know thinking like Mm. that so thank you for speaking to me sitting at one of the most luxurious hotels in the world an Australian woman it is just a great honor to um to spend this time with you Thanks, Renee. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Have a great evening. I hope to meet you in person. Have a lovely day. (laughs) Sure. Bye-bye. Bye, Molly. Don't forget to subscribe here and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for regular travel updates. You can also hear our episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.